This call is being recorded. Good evening, everybody. Uh, as you guys all know, what do you get for Wednesday? You get crossover Wednesday. So basically a locked on podcast network joint, locked on Steelers, locked on Browns, sit down, break some bread for the day before Thanksgiving for a crossover Wednesday. Uh, Chris Carter is going to join us here tonight from Locked On Steelers. Tony Serino's away. Tony, miss you, buddy. We've done a bunch of them together. I hope you have a great holiday. Me and Chris are going to get through this, give you guys some great information here. Um, uh, obviously, there's going to be a ton of eyes on this game on Sunday. You know, some negative, uh, some folks who actually just like the game of football. We're going to get to that. Chris, first things first, man. Get to, uh, Good to know you. Get to meet you. Sit down in here and break this down a little bit with you. Absolutely, Jeff. Let's get into it. Um, and as we were saying, when we, you know, before we were, you know, we hit the record button, uh, and we spoke with Joe Schobert today on our show, and this is for everybody involved players wise, look, it's Brown Steelers. There's always something there. You know, Pittsburgh has always kind of loved the fact that, you know, they've kind of held it over them two weeks ago, the Browns get one of their bigger wins in a long time. And obviously everything kind of gets tainted about that game. But what I want to talk to before we get in, you know, the breakdown of offenses and defenses is, Chris, neither team really can for, afford for this game to be about payback or anything of that nature. It's just too important. It's too late in the season. Um, every win counts here, and both teams have some tough games coming up here. No one can afford to slip up here. No, you're 100% correct. Uh you can you, you cannot afford to let distractions get the best of you, uh, and like you said, this is going to be a, a an interesting stretch for both teams. Um, the I think the biggest thing is that the the Browns are in a position where if they are able, if they're able to win this game and get to five hundred, they have they in their last four games they are they they have they have both two games against the Bengals one one at home against the Ravens who they've already beaten and, and, and go on the road to the Cardinals. Those are, those are all very winnable matchups for the things that they've done this year. They have, they, they, they cannot afford to be, to, to allow this to happen again, where if they do win this game, that all the talk is about, you know, a crazy incident at the end of the game, because those are distractions. And, and as much as some people try to make light of distractions on a young teams, and these are both very young teams right now, when you, know, when you have that, that can take away from so much because these guys are all trying to figure out what it's like to win in the NFL and to be consistent in the NFL. Now the Steelers, they have, a, they have, they do have the veterans that know what that's like. You know, they have the Marquise Pounces. Well, he's out for this game, but they have the David DeCastros, um, you know, the guys that have been a part of the organization for some time. And they, they know, they know what it takes to, to, to rise up in those situations, but there's still, there's Minka Fitzpatrick, there's TJ Watt, who, you know, he's been part of the playoffs and everything. But you got Devin Bush. You got you got all these guys. You're trying to cement this. The Steelers are are in the same boat as the Browns. They need this to not turn into what the Bengals and the Steelers used to be like back when Vontez Perfect was starting fights before and after <laughs> games. Uh, so I, I do think it's imperative that both teams here come out and play focused football and not let the distractions and the the the, the squabbles turn into something bigger. Yeah, one thing I was trying to tell you know some followers on social media and some folks today is. You know, and you know, Freddie's got to make sure, and both coaches got to do a really good job here. Like, you know, these refs may be packing extra yellow flags. Like, you got to be ready for that. For Mike Tomlin, who's established where he's at, look, Freddie, if the players lose cool and end up losing the game, and, you know, 
this team ends up eight and eight or, you know, not even close enough. I mean, this could be, this could be Freddie's job on the line. If somehow he's unable to keep the players in line, if you lose because you lost, that's one thing. But if you lose because somebody got ejected in the second quarter, th- that's the problem. So I don't want to spend any more time on this because I know you and Tony have spent tons of time on it. I have spent way more time on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to turn to a new page here. Um, look, new quarterback starting this week. Um, it's not always great when you've got to get to your third string quarterback, Chris. Um, but came in last week, obviously pro- provided a spark. Tell us a little bit about the legend that is Devlin uh, Duck Hodges. Gosh, yeah. So I'm so glad that Tony is on vacation right now. <clears throat> as, <laughs> our, as our listeners know, Tony's been the hype man for Devlin Hodges. If, if Devlin Hodges was an MC, Tony would be his flavor flavor. <clears throat> he is just he's, <laughs> he, like since training camp, Tony has been in love with this guy. And what you what you do have to appreciate with Devlin Hodges is that he's a gamer. He doesn't have the height. He doesn't have the cannon. And he doesn't have you know the speed, but he has the wherewithal. He is able to recognize defenses. He's able to play within a scheme, and he's able to. He has confidence. He has a swagger about him, and it's not like a like a, like a swagger. It's like oh, I'm better than everyone else. It's a swagger like hey, I just want to. I love this game of football, and I want to just have fun playing it. And that has that that kind of seeps in seeps into you and just, just infects a lot of people i mean ramon foster from the steelers said when he came off the sideline it was like a little kid joining the game and being so happy and that you know and everyone kind of felt that around him that's and that's devlin hodges man he he loved the game of football he's super appreciative of the opportunity to even be on a roster let alone this will be his second start in the nfl the, the, he is he's he's through the moon right now but when I look at Hodges, I, I still say, and, and Tony will tell you that he's 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 the he's the second coming. Uh, but I, I, the the honest evaluation of Devlin Hodges is that he has um, he has he has decent enough mechanics to get him through certain situations. He I, I think he does a good job identifying pre snap reads and staying confident of reading his keys and not freaking out and abandoning them. Um, at least he has so far in in the snaps that we've seen. Uh, but you know, you, you you run into the situation where you know if the pocket if the pocket sometimes the pocket even in that Bengals game it's not even collapsing on him and he gets a little bit of happy feet and he wants to break loose because he's shorter you know and that's a problem that Baker Mayfield has struggled with you know, on his worst days is that you know sometimes he he his sense of the pocket is a little too sensitive and you know he wants to escape it when he doesn't need to uh, and so Hodges still has to figure out a whole lot but what the Steelers are going to try and do is they're going to try and protect him like they did against the Chargers, you know, try to use the ground game. Benny Snell had a very solid game last week against the Bengals um, and then try to get him the easier reads and maybe just some one-on-one throws that he can target. Because I will say this, Mason Rudolph, and I've, I've said this since training camp, he can get very skittish with, with slinging the ball around. De- Devlin Hodges does not get that. He, he is all about, you know, taking his shots and, and giving his team a chance when he sees the opportunity. But I do think the Steelers coaches will have him on a bit of a leash to uh, to stop him from making, you know, throwing the ball 50 times in this game. Uh, well, I mean, but look, that's even the thing, though. But when you're getting and you're talking about, you know, reserve quarterbacks, it's, you know, is there enough there that you can find a way to get me some points? And look, you're going to have to, have, you know, you have a guy who's, you know, not willing to afraid to take a shot. You see so many second and third string quarterbacks. Cincinnati example, Finley just, you know, he was, you know, you know, if it wasn't a wide open four yard square out, you know, from a fullback or a tight end, 
he didn't want to throw it. Look, if that's the point, then, you know, you got to get him out of there, which is probably why Cincinnati did it. Um, look, Chris, you kind of get into the, I don't want to say about the bottom of the barrel because I was a huge Benny Snell fan. I was also mm-hmm. a Justin Lane fan. Pittsburgh ended up taking all the guys I had targeted for Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you, you know, you're getting to your third and fourth running back. Yep. The wide receiver position, you've actually brought in a couple of guys here. Um, you know, how healthy do you think this team can be coming into this Sunday? Are we going to see some of the bigger names, or is it going to maybe see be some of the B-siders? The feel that I'm getting from uh, from from the team is that Juju Smith-Schuster will be back. Um, but James Conner is very questionable right now. Um, his shoulder has not healed. And, and this has been something that Conner's had since his days at the University of Pittsburgh. You know, just sometimes he has these these injuries that linger and just have problems. And he, he he's such a he's such a great story for the city of Pittsburgh. You know, he's from he's from like central and western PA, went to the University of Pittsburgh, was a star there, beat cancer, came back and was a star again. Then he got drafted by the Steelers and then was the guy that replaced Le'Veon Bell and everyone loved him. But the truth is that Connor himself is really just a, a good number two and a decent number one. Um but he's not, he's not like a, you know, your prototypical, you want him as your number one running back for the, you know, for the next eight years type of player, at least in my book. Um, so Snell, I think he's along the same lines right now. He's a power back. I think he he's going to have to lose some weight in the off season because to, so that he can get a little bit lighter in the feet, make people miss in space. That's his biggest weakness right now. Um, but I look at I look at Snell and I see a guy that look he's gonna he's gonna take the yards that are there and that's been the problem with the with the offense Jalen Samuels and Trey Edmonds when Connor mm-hmm. and Snell were out they were the running backs um, and they were just they were times they were missing the holes there was a play against the Colts where they blocked the, the play perfectly and Edmonds you know pulls his best Trent Richardson uh, impersonation <laughs> and runs into the back of his own line while David DeCastro is like walking into the end zone saying where did you go. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing is that Snell doesn't do that. He does have a good, decent vision, and he will fall forward because he is a bigger back. But Kareth White, the the guy they brought in, I, I, you know, as the uh, as as the undrafted uh, as the undrafted guy that they added to the roster, he looked very good. You know, his speed, his quickness in space, uh, he made some guys miss. He might become the number two guy. And Deion Kane, the Steelers have been trying to have a deep threat wide receiver that's not a big name. They tried it with Johnny Holton all season because he did have wheels, but he wasn't coming up with it. In one play, Deion Kane got that target and he won a jump ball for 35 yards. I, I think that that's going to be part of the arsenal now. Um, but I, I also, James Washington, Deontay Johnson, and Juju Smith-Schuster, if, if Juju's healthy, they're going to have some weapons to go th- to. go to. They are scraping the bottom of the barrel. You're absolutely right, Jeff. But – um, I, I think that they have the, they have plans in place to kind of at least give Hodges and the offense a chance. But the Steelers know their goal is at best two touchdowns in this game and let the defense do the, do the rest um, because they know that they're not they can't they know that they cannot realistically ask too much of Devlin Hodges and all these guys that they're just piecing together throughout a crazy season. Yeah, that's what's going to kind of make this interesting is because you know this first go round was on a short week. And look, there's only so much you can do in that time. Um, now you get a little bit more. And obviously now the Browns have a little bit more film on Hodges. Uh, you know, that the, the each of them have a game against each other where you can sit down, kind of chop that up, see what works, what doesn't. Big for the Browns on defense here. Um, you get Larry Ogunjobi back, which is huge because Sheldon Richardson's been playing off the hook the mm-hmm. last four weeks. Uh, one of the highest graded PFF interior defensive linemen. He's been playing some D end. 
which his days in the Jets, he kind of played everywhere. So yeah. you have that. If if it, and I'm not sure because the Browns are so they they used to talk injuries. Now they're just like, well, if he wakes up tomorrow, it'll be good. And you have no <laughs> idea how to take it. So we'll know if they can get Olivier Vernon back. I think it would be big because Olivier, it's not a big production and numbers guy. He is a guy who you look at at the end of the day, you know, he grades out well, does his assignment. It'd be huge to get him back. Um, Especially, look, you're not going to have Miles, as we know. And like you said with Hodges, the happy feet, you want to be able to have something. And, you know, Browns fans got a little excited, but just because he got four sacks against the Miami Dolphins, this ain't the same story against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I mean, but also they got. I think they got four sacks against the Steelers the last time. Um, but uh, but my and Miles Garrett didn't even get one of them. Now he did draw two holding penalties, and he was eating Alejandro Villanueva's lunch. That was <laughs> that was absolutely happening. Uh, but I do think the Steelers they're going to have a, a lot more of a focus in this game with the with the week to prepare. Devlin Hodges is going to be practicing the whole time at, with the first team. I think that'll help with the communication uh, in in this game. Uh, but. This Steelers offensive line, Sands Villanueva, I think he's had a, a regressing, aggressive, a regressed year. Um, they, they they have looked solid. Uh, DeCastro, um, he's he's really come on strong, um, and, and he's always the anchor of the line. BJ Finney's a decent enough replacement at center that he can he he can be good. Ramon Foster's had a struggling year, but yeah, but last week I thought he actually looked pretty decent. Uh, Matt Filer isn't a typical tackle he's more of a guard they put there because he's very sound in his mechanics um but he's but he's been doing an okay job so that's what they're kind of living with right now i think what they're gonna what the steelers are gonna try to employ against the browns is that they're gonna they're gonna use these guys to sort of run block have their pulls let DeCastro be a lead blocker bring in the six guys zach banner who's uh, the extra offensive lineman you'll hear. So you'll, uh, you'll probably hear this, you know, during the game, but at Heinz field, whenever Zach Banner is announced as an eligible yep. receiver, the crowd loses its mind. It's a silly thing, but it's just something that's been a thing for the Steelers. Uh, but he's been a good extra blocker for the team. And he's really been an asset. I think that's how they try to balance the offense out. Um, and, and they'll, they'll want to be, they'll want to protect uh, they'll want to protect Devlin Hodges, of course, and they've been one of the best teams at protecting, uh, at protecting the quarterback all season. I mean, you look at the you look you look at the numbers. You know, against the Browns and the Rams, they gave up seven sacks in, in those um, those two games. But the Steelers, even with that, they're fourth in the league in giving up sacks with just eighteen. And the teams ahead of them are the Cowboys, the Raiders, and the Rams. Um, so. I think that the the Steelers offensive line they will be competitive enough. I'm really interested to see how the Browns skill skill players, well, their 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 secondary and linebackers work against the Steelers skill players. Uh, Schobert's been on fire, and I, it's been really interesting to watch him play these these past few weeks and all the interceptions he's been nabbing. Um, and against the Devlin Hodges. You know, he's you know, Mason Rudolph generally seems is scared to throw over the middle. Hodges isn't. So it'll be interesting to see how he tries to play off the undrafted rookie from Sanford. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And you know, before we transition this and or maybe cross it over, you know, to go to Browns all offense, Sealers D. Um, Chris, you, if there was any evidence from Sunday, um, the Browns may do this and you may hear number 67 is eligible. Yeah, because um uh, McCray, their third, fourth tackle, he's kind of been used here as a blocking tight end. So it could get to the point where it's minutiae, where this stuff gets announced on Sunday. 
Uh, crossover, Locked On Browns, Locked On Steelers, Jeff Lloyd, Chris Carter, as we take you through and get you ready for, obviously, everybody's excited for Sunday. Speaking of getting excited, uh, guys, let's talk about sex. Good sex. Now you can increase uh, increase your performance and get the extra confidence in bed. Listen up. Blue Chew, that's blue, like the color. Blue Chew brings you the first active ingredients with the same FDA-approved uh, as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises as a married man with two preteen daughter, with two daughter. Yeah, yeah, trust me, that opportunity arises. You got to take it. If you could benefit from more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online by a licensed physician, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office or wait in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. Not that it matters. If you want that privacy, you do have it. Go to bluechew.com. Make yourself a little more available for the spouse when she can be available. You you want every night to be like your wedding night. Let Blue Chew help you with that. B-L-U. C-H-E-W, bluechew.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Appreciate the fine folks over at Blue Chew for their sponsorship of the podcast. Now, Chris, we're going to roll into this here. And, you know, for the Browns offense, and I don't want to just single-handedly give credit to Kareem Hunt, but since Kareem Hunt has arrived for the ninth game of the season, which was week 10 against the Buffalo Bills, this offense has really started to hum here, um, and and I think part of it might be is Kareem Hunt. The eight game suspension maybe it brought back a love for the game, and he's played inspired. He's played excited. Um, you know, he got his t- he he tore up the Browns in first energy last year. Two touchdowns. He scored that. He scored a touchdown Sunday against the Dolphins. It was like the first time he's ever scored a touchdown in his life, and it's brought a lot of thunder here. And so it's been three games and now I'm starting to see this Browns offense that I kind of fell in love with towards the end of 2018. Um, But there ain't no slackers on the other side of the ball here with the Steelers day. No. Yeah. That's the thing is I, I I love the way that hunt plays, Um, you know, and I honestly think he's always had that passion. It's just, you know, the, the incident that he got himself into with, 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 uh, with, with the woman that he kicked, I mean, that's just, you know, that, that'll, when you do that, you're disappointed in yourself. You got to find it in yourself to get, to get over the hump and to, um, you know, to, you know, to hope that maybe you'll get an opportunity to prove that you're a better person than, than you have been in the past. Um, but uh, he's absolutely been playing inspired football. Um, you know, one thing that I noted coming into the game was that how good of a receiver, uh, you know, he is out of the backfield and you saw that early in the game against the Steelers. You, you saw him get, catching passes, you know, and running decent routes, beating Mark Barron. Um, and that's absolutely going to be have to be something the Steelers kind of focus on in this game. I, I think that the Steelers, they kind of underestimated Baker Mayfield's escapability in, in, the, in, the, in the last game because they saw him at Heinz Field last year. And when I asked after that first game when they played him and they, they, they won handily, I asked, you know, you know Cam Hayward and Stephon to it you know, what their plan was for, for, for keeping Baker Mayfield contained. And they said, we're just going to stand in his way and he's just going to, and he's going to have to see over us because he's too small. 
Well, it seemed like they kind of took that approach. Now, too, it's out for the season, so that's one guy that they can't use to kind of do that plan. Uh, but they took a similar approach, and you saw T.J. Watt just kind of have those those mental lapses where he kind of forgot to contain him, and he kind of played him like a normal quarterback. And and then you saw Mayfield roll to his, roll to his right and find some find some passes to extend extend some drives. But as the game went on, they, they started to make those adjustments, and I think that's where the Steelers can really improve with their defense plus they're at home they're you know they're they're communicating very well uh one of the more impressive switches that i saw the browns pull off against the steelers in the last game jeff was when they they it was it was the the pass that got i think it was jarvis landry like like inside the 10 and they lined up hunt and chubb outside the numbers and they lined up landry and, and beckham inside the numbers and the steelers mm-hmm. that's something that the patriots did and when they're unprepared for it they, they they send their cornerbacks out wide with the running backs and keep their linebackers on the wide receivers. And they don't. Then the whole point is they don't want to compromise the run game in doing that, or they they want they don't want to give up too much or mess up communication. But then you get Jarvis Landry running run, running down the field on a linebacker, and that's what allowed for that big play. Well, that the Bengals tried the same thing in this in, in this last week, and Devin Bush made the switch with Hayden, and they and the, Ryan Finley went right after Auden Tate up the seam but Hayden was on him, almost intercepted the ball. I think that a lot of the tricks that the Browns came with last time, the Steelers are at least going to be ready for. I wanted to ask you, what are some of the things that you're seeing wrinkles in the, in the Browns offense that are inspiring different things that we haven't really seen from them on, on tape too much this season? I think one of the things that's been the success here over the last three weeks is, and, and rightfully so, um, you get an Odell Beckham Jr. into your fold, I mean, as a quarterback, what are you saying? Oh, baby, let's go. Yeah. Um, but what made Baker so special over the second half of last season was Darren Fells, who's playing great right now for the Houston, Texas, yeah, was excelling. Good. Rashard Higgins, Antonio Callaway. Uh, they had – it didn't matter who you were. Baker Mayfield was throwing you the ball if you were the open guy. This wasn't happening when it got to two and six. That, that just wasn't going on. Odell, if he's open, he's getting the ball here right now. There was an interception last week because um, they're running these RPOs. And the thing with the RPOs is when you're, you know, you're running like the slant routes off of them, they're they're shorter slants. And, it, you know, and this was one thing where it kind of hurts Baker at only six feet is like he's kind of got to like jump because he's taking yeah. a shorter route, trying to hit it quick. And if you're not seeing everything great and it was behind, you know, Odell, it got tipped for a crazy interception because normally that ball would have fell to the ground. Um, but now, you know, with coverage focusing on Odell, this what Jarvis isn't the greatest athlete. He knows how to run a route. He's got stick em hands. So now it's a lot easier for Jarvis Landry. And Jarvis is great on the scramble drill. And there were a couple of these against the Dolphins. So this has opened it up. If they can bring David Njoku in this week, and now keep in mind, Pittsburgh has not seen now David Njoku in over a calendar year. Yeah, um, big athletic tight end. He makes it difficult. And there's still the switching up. You know, now Nick Chubb had um, almost 60 yards receiving last week. So now you're as a defense is like, all right, well, there's Odell. There's Jarvis. And this week it could be all right. There's 85, the big fella. All right. Hunt's on the field. And like like they run these, you know, whether it's screens or just Chubb beating a linebacker to the spot. It's like, well, how the heck can we cover this? When we're worried about everybody else. Yeah. 
that that's one thing that I, I like about the Browns roster is that they have weapons to line up all over the field. Uh, and, and Landry, I've always felt like you, you know you put you line him up in the slot. I, in fact, I actually I made money last week, um, because I started Landry in my FanDuel because I'm like, if he's in the slot, the Dolphins don't have anyone in the slot because Mika Fitzpatrick was their slot. He's gonna get a lot of points, and surely enough, he's uh, he's been on fire lately. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I look at that and I say the biggest thing that the Steelers have to do is they have to avoid the mismatches that the Browns will try to force by moving all those guys around because that's what the that's what the Browns can do. That's what the Patriots do when they're at their best. They're moving all these pieces that you know, these guys that yeah they could they could hit you with a run, but they can also line up in the slot and 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 kill you if you're not paying attention with the with, with the pass. Um, the Steelers have to communicate. That's going to be their their X factor as far as keeping keeping the easy reads away from Baker Mayfield because if they give him the kind of reads that he had early in the game, all he's going to need to do is do what he did last time. Put up two touchdowns early, put the pressure on Devlin Hodges. I think a lot of this game, and you and tell me if you disagree with this or not, Jeff, but I think a lot of this game is going to be who gets out early first and then lets their defense pin their ears back, you know, in like the second and third quarter to kind of establish a tone for this game. Uh, I, I do think it's a thing because obviously you know, for the Browns, you're, you're missing that dude. They don't have, you know, you know, Vernon. And if you want to put Sheldon out there and, you know, Chad Thomas, Chad Thomas is a cleaner upper at best. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, you know, Porter Gustin came out of nowhere last week, got a sack, but I mean, you can't truly expect that, you know, he's going to come in here and make some significant strides in this game. Brian Cox Jr., um, obviously father was a hell of a player. He looked active last week. It looked more of a lot like a guy who got let out of a cage for six weeks where he was fresher than everybody else. So I do worry about it from that aspect. The fact, you know, from the Browns D the fact that it's a third string cornerback and, you know, the, the, you know, the, that, that could aid to them, but you, you know, you, you can't predict that type of stuff. Um, but with the way, you know, the offense is currently constructed, the thing that would concern me right now is if, yes, is if, say, Pittsburgh got up 10 nothing, or it was, you know, it was 14-6 going into half because the problem here is, and this has always kind of been Baker's little issue, it was three interceptions last year against Houston. It was three interceptions against Baltimore in the season ender last year is because in college you play at such a hyper speed, you don't get so nervous about, being down in the NFL it's different you know like in college they don't care they want you know they want everybody you know each team wants to run 70 80 plays the NFL once I got a lead no 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 let's start putting the emergency break on this and slowing it down a little bit and when Baker is forced and rushed or he feels like he's got to have it he'll try to make you know a 13 point throw on second and seven from his own 23 that's his a little bit of his Achilles heel I do believe whoever starts off well early, 100%, Chris, I think that will bode well because either D, you know, the Browns' coverage is starting to really come around, even though they've had a lot of, you know, injuries at the safety position. But between Joe Schobert and the D-line gets enough pressure, I think they're boding well with Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams there back. But, yeah, if whoever gets up early here, that's going to kind of be a tell. Now, yeah, that that that's that's my key to the key to the game is establishing the tone early because I I mean with Baker you can at least see the 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 potential of a comeback if he can hit a few big plays late, but 
you then that's when you're like that's the thing is that you know when they were established that early lead you saw late in the game he didn't have to drop back and hold on to the ball there was no point there was no pressure on him to try and hey let's make plays deep down the field and and let, let our receivers develop you know develop their routes so that the Steelers could get their pass rush on and do what Cam Hayward and TJ Watt and Bud Dupree have all been wrecking shop in all year long um and I think that was a huge factor in the game if they do that again, this I think it's just they're, they're they're in for another win if they're able to establish that early lead, um, and, and vice versa. I think if uh, if the Steelers establish that lead, that then I'd be interested to see how the Browns' offensive line absorbs the pass rush because I, I got to say, as T.J. Watt has been extremely impressive, but Bud Dupree has really come on strong mm-hmm. this year. He's made a case that after this season's over, Jeff, he's going to be commanding top dollar among the the edge edge rush market uh, just for the, the the numbers he's been putting up. And Cam Hayward, he seems to have really caught his stride. He's back to wrecking everyone in the middle of the field. Um, if if the Browns have to, I think they, they're very smart to do this early. Short passes, run the ball, have some draws set up. You know, try to try to have some misdirection to try to slow up the pass rush and slow up the aggressiveness of the Steelers front. If they're if if that doesn't work and the, and the Steelers get a lead and they have to go play some more honest football, that that could be that could be uh, some trouble for them. But and, but on the flip side, it's the same thing with the Steelers offense. If if they're if they're asking Devlin Hodges to drop back and make tough throws, he can make a couple. But after a while, you're going to see him make the throws that players can make you know make make a jump on and and, and get their interceptions. Uh, and, and look, and that's even the thing, though, is because, you know, for the Browns, what has been the the main consistent this entire season has been Nick Chubb. And even in games like this, you know, where, you know, Pittsburgh is stout as they are in the run, he gets that, you know, it's it's three, it's four, it's five, it's two, it's three. Then all of a sudden you get a 30. And like Nick Chubb is kind of like that Novocaine, but you can't get yourself in a position where it's, we can't do this with Nick because, you know, we're chasing points already. So that makes it obviously all the more difficult. And I, the thing I want to see is if this, you know, and look, with this Browns three-game winning streak, it's all great, but it's it's three at home. Granted, they were having a hard time playing at home, but it's three in a row. They were at home for, you know, better part of three and a half weeks. Can this confidence get on, <laughs> get carry? And will it go on down to Pittsburgh? which makes it difficult to understand me, Chris Carter. We're going to sit here and finish it up here. We're going to give some key players, some predictions. Predictions are, we do not want anybody ejected. That's one we're going to get with early here. Right. Chris, that's what, that's part of what we want here. That's one yeah, yeah. thing here. No, no one, no one wants to see more stars out for the rest of the season. No, absolutely not. Um, guys, my bookie.ag. Um, if you were a member and you no longer are, if you are a customer if you're looking to be a customer go ahead uh create an account they will match your initial deposit up to 100 here's the cool thing they are doing for thanksgiving pick a side bears lions yeah it's not the greatest game go ahead pick a side uh if you've got 250 in your account you can put a 250 dollars wager on that game here's the sweet thing about it from mybookie.ag if you lose it's free <laughs> they're not going to charge you you win you get that money. So, I mean, you want to close on out and run from there. Or you got two more games on Thanksgiving. You got the rest of the season to play with 500 bucks. Go ahead, check it out. Go to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, 
all caps. Guys, this is this is too too sweet to pass up. Check it out. Mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Chris, obviously we've hit on a bunch of names here. Yeah. Give me a guy or two, somebody to look out for on Sunday. Look, it could have been one of the names we brought up, but you know, who, who do you think could and look, either way, for a Steeler or for a Brown, this is an opportunity here for basically you to drink and eat free in the city where you're currently employed probably for the rest of your life cuz you do well in these games, nobody forgets about it. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, you, you can you can become a hero in your city by winning the big the, the divisional games. And, and I can tell you, city of Pittsburgh is going to be pretty. It's going to be pretty up up for this one. Uh, they normally don't get up for a Browns game because it hasn't really, you know, been in that situation. But this is this is a game I think that you'll see the city uh, pretty electric for. If I had to pick up, if I had to pick a player, I mean, thing is, you could you could pick the obvious ones like Minka Fitzpatrick, like TJ Watt, you know, but I, I honestly think, I think one guy that you should watch out for is Steven Nelson because he has played very good this, very good this year. The, the long pass he gave up uh, to Odell Beckham in the last game, he was, uh, it, you know, it was a situation where Minka Fitzpatrick accidentally bailed. He was supposed to give him deep help on that play, but he has been so solid this year in his positioning and how he plays the football. And Joe Hayden's been targeted more than him. And, and, and that was something that we did not expect. We expected to for Nelson to kind of get more targets and, you know, and, and get a chance to knock down more passes. Um, but I think he's one guy that you, that you should watch out for, you know, for the battles on the outside, outside the numbers. Um, also, uh, keep it, you know, keep in mind, Devin Bush, uh, Dick LeBeau, uh, Dick LeBeau um, <laughs> Keith Butler. They're, they're mm-hmm. practically the same sometimes. Uh, but Keith Butler, the defensive coordinator, said after the Browns game, you know, we're trying to use uh, – Mark Barron more because, you know, he, because of what he does in coverage and the kind of the unified response of, of, of all the Steelers fans was, what are you talking about? Because we Mark just drafted this guy 10. Exactly. Exactly. Why are you, and, and you see it even, and, and I, I get the fundamental aspect of it, Jeff, because there are times that Devin Bush is out of position or he takes the wrong angle, how to cover a tight end. And that's cost the Steelers at times. But then you see like last week, he got beat by Tyler Boyd, but what did he do? He he wrapped he he wrapped with one arm and punched with the other, forced a huge fumble that flipped the game around for them. Those are the things that he's been doing. Devin Bush, I, I think Nick Bosa is going to get defense, a defensive rookie of the year, but Devin Bush has made a case for him to be in that conversation with how he's forced the turnovers. I think they got to keep giving him the snaps and let him kind of run with the running backs when they're when they're out in space and see how he does there, um, because I, I think that could be a major key that, that that he could make some sneaky good plays and uh, flip the game for the Steelers because I thought Baker Mayfield, I was wondering if if he would challenge Mika Fitzpatrick, and he really didn't the entire game because you didn't have to. It's like the Polamalu days. When Polamalu went somewhere, good quarterbacks say, I'm okay, you go there, I'm throwing over here. I, I thought Baker Mayfield did that there, but he did that in the last game. But if Devin Bush is able to take away some options over the middle, maybe Mika Fitzpatrick will get more looks. It's funny they brought up Steven Nelson. Um, I got to talk to Steven Nelson during his draft period um, when he was a free agent. This was one where we wondered kind of like, cause you know, John Dorsey is a big, my guys. And mm-hmm. this is obviously mm-hmm. before the drafting of greedy Williams. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. Steven Nelson. And the other thing is uh, Steven Nelson got Baker last year as a Kansas city chief mm-hmm. when Baker was a rookie. Now, Devin Bush, um, 
I'm a Florida State fan. Ben, his dad, and I, we talk a lot. We were talking on draft day, and his dad kind of gave me a couple of hints. Well, it could be 20. Oh, wait, wait, it could be 10. I was like, and he knew. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, man, I don't want to cover. I don't want to talk about <laughs> negative about your son twice a year. Um, but, you know, when I told him, I said, look, I hope your son wins 14 games a year. But, you know, if he loses two, he loses two. <laughs> and we've had some good fun about it. It's actually funny because uh, he hasn't returned any messages since Thursday night, Thursday night football. So there's that. Browns-wise, um, Kareem Hunt, He's he's been involved. He's had some nice involvement. But I, I think there's there's just one game where – Maybe it could kind of be like the Kareem Hunt show. Maybe it's this week. Um, and I'll go David Njoku because it, he's he's so vital to what they do in the red zone. You know, I had Browns fans badgering us all off season. You need that six foot three, six foot four <laughs> wide receiver in the red zone who can catch the fate. Well, how about the six foot four tight end who weighs two fifty and runs a right. sub four five? We already yeah. have this guy. And he is crucial in that. And they've only had him essentially for a game and a half. Um, he was eligible to come back last week. I think it was twofold. I think it was, hey, let's not put David Njoku on tape. And I also think it was, he's coming back from a broken wrist. And we got to make sure he can at least do some things blocking. Because you can't just throw him out there and just basically call him a you know a pseudo wide receiver. Um, and with a wrist and being able to block, it takes a little time to come back from that. So David Njoku, Kareem Hunt, I would watch out. And he had an interception um, on Thursday Night Football. He is now a starter. Justin Burris, former Jet, um, North Carolina State kid. He's really hitting his ground well as a safety here with Cleveland. They brought him in for week three against the Los Angeles Rams. The Raiders cut him on Friday. He showed up on Saturday at like nine o'clock at night, still knew his playbook from being with the Browns over the summer. And PFF had him graded at like 84.3. He just, he's clean. He's smart. No nonsense football. And almost had another interception Sunday against the Dolphins. He's one to watch on D. Chris, this is always the part I don't like because it's always the weirdest part. Like, uh, uh, probably you guys think your team's going to win. Probably. Well, and look, when, the Browns were 0-16. Yeah. No, I don't think they're going to win. No, I don't think they're going to win. And then last year, a couple of times, I was like, well, I was raising my hand like the like the kid who never knew the answer to back in class. I think the Browns might win this week. <laughs> Chris, give me a prediction. I think this is going to be a, it's going to be a tight a tight one. It's going to be low scoring, but I have the Steelers pulling it out uh, with a with a with a with sort of like a just they'll get, they'll be able to they might get a defensive touchdown in there. But I have it seven. I do agree with you on a defensive touchdown. I think something wonky is going to yeah. happen in this game. A muffed punt, something somewhere is going to lead somebody to a, you know some points. Yeah, like, like like a weird fumble, like someone throws a pitch and like a running back isn't ready or something. Like it's good. There's going to be some bizarre play that that, that happens in in this game that flips it around for somebody. Uh, I have the Steelers winning 17-13. I think that Baker Mayfield and the off the, the Browns offense do get a touchdown on the board. Um, but I, I think that the Steelers, I think I think both teams try to control the ball a whole lot and control the clock because they don't want either either the defense either of their defenses to have to be on the field too much in this game. They're gonna be like, okay, let's run the clock, let's control the game. And I, I think as soon as one team gives up the ball, the other team is gonna start doing the same thing. Because uh, th- this is a game where you can't really trust 
either either unit in my opinion so um I'm, I'm interested to see how that plays out it's supposed to also rain on sunday in pittsburgh so <laughs> lovely that could also play into the factor lovely 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 that would just make it all the more one too like it's it's gonna be like a nice rainy day of football and that's the thing because like we're looking for any reason not to be aggravated but go ahead and play football for you know two and a half hours where you're soaked from your head mm-hmm. to the crack of your mm-hmm. ass and you're just aggravated and please we don't want the incidents but now if now that you tell me rain yeah there's a possibility of it yep. for me and this is what i'll say is you know if the browns could, and i've said this week in week out if the browns play what they were supposed to do and what this team has been constructed to do offensively and look even without miles garrett look you've got two high picks and corners you got a great linebacker running this yep. defense yep. if they can get olivier vernon back that's a huge huge key for this team uh either way look i host locked on browns i gotta take the browns here so uh, i think with um if this travels the the way they've been playing it's gonna work out they'll score enough points and they should be able to pull out and but i do agree low scoring you know 2013 or some i always go oddball 1912 somebody misses an extra point you know obviously pittsburgh's got a bad end zone to kick into just like Cleveland does, something fluky, wonky like that. And I totally agree. I mean, there will be a, probably a guy who scores a touchdown that we did not mention whatsoever yep. in this game today. Uh do want to appreciate everybody for listening to Lock On Wednesdays. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Crossover Wednesday on the Locked On Podcast Network. It was great getting to talk with Chris Carter. Go ahead, check out. At Chris, give me your ad here. It's a little fluky. My, it's at lighting Carter it in my eyes. Critiques. No, yeah. At Carter Critiques, you can follow me on Twitter. I will follow you back. Hit me with an at him with a DM. Always down to chat with fans out there on Twitter. You can also follow me at DKPittsburghSports.com, where I'm always breaking down the X's and O's in my Carter's Classroom column. Uh, it's been a blast with Chris, guys. You know everything. At Locked On Browns. Follow back. Account. DMs are open. At Jeff, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open over there. Uh, always a blast, Chris. Happy Thanksgiving. Tony, we missed you. Um, Let's just have a blast Sunday, guys.